Actually, we are going to be reading from the King James Version, and it's going to be Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, we'll be reading responsibly verses 1 through 9. Again, Luke 13, verses 1 through 9. There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. For those eighteen upon whom the tower of Siloam fell, and to them think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He saved Then, then said he unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and found none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And if it bear fruit, well, and if it not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. You may be seated. Eternal Father and our God, at the start of a few moments ago, we sung the song or we listened to the song which was a prayer, hide us in your holiness. We have the confidence that you're doing that for us even now. And then we also sang, search us, fashioned us, because we're nothing but clay in your hands. And we want to be molded after your similitude. And today, your word is going to help in the molding process. So we ask, Lord, that you will give us clear minds and willing hearts to first to understand, to hear, and to act. I ask, Lord, that you will let me decrease like John asked of you, and you shine bright. Thank you for hearing and answering. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to... Luke chapter 13. But before we get there, I have a question for you. Let me see the hands of those of you who knew somebody who passed away in the year 2021. You knew somebody. All right. Let me just see a show of hand of those who knew of a disaster, or maybe we want to call it a calamity, that went, I don't know, it might have been America in the United States of America or elsewhere. You knew of one. Okay. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Next question. What were your thoughts? about the person that passed away or the calamity? What were your thoughts? Before you 
readily answer that question. What were you thinking as it relates to you in terms of the death or the calamity? Hold on to that idea. We'll revisit that again. Luke chapter 13. As it was in the custom, this was a day that Christ was out doing his usual thing. He was teaching and he was preaching and he was healing when a group of Jews approached him. With great excitement about to report to him a disaster that they had just occurred. Did you hear about how Herod had killed the Jews who were in the sanctuary offering their sacrifice? Did you hear that? And they had brought this information to Christ, hoping to get some commendation from Christ about the destruction that had befallen the Galileans. That's what they were thinking. The Galatians, what did I say? The, the Galileans, they were wondering that. Did you hear? And Christ's response in verse 2, he said, answering them, and he said, suppose he think that the Galilean were greater sinners or sinners above all the Galileans because they had suffered at the hand of Herod. They were thinking that because this disaster had befallen the Galileans, that they were greater sinners than the Galileans who were elsewhere. And Christ's response was, except he repented, he shall likewise perish. Except you repent, you shall likewise perish. You see, the Jews had the concept that whenever something a mishap, well, not, not a, more than a mishap, mishap, a disaster took place, that whoever experienced that were great sinners. That we had the experience of that. We can read that in the book of what? Job. When Job had the disaster, all his friends came and they were talking and they were wanted to find out what sin have you committed? That such a disaster could fall upon you. That you could be incurring the wrath of God to this magnitude. You must have been a great sinner. And this teaching or concept or idea or whatever you want to call it, belief, had permeated the Jewish culture and it had been brought over into the time of Christ. So here it is that Christ was now being confronted with that because the Jews are saying, what? This disaster, how could that happen? You have these Galileans. They are in church, Malcolm. It's like us. We have come in and we are here worshiping. We are praying. And somebody comes through the door and they... These people must be evil. But Christ is saying to them, except he repent, he shall likewise perish. What is Christ telling them? You see, calamities are sent by God or allowed by God to bring about some repentance on the part of us. Are you with me this morning? So these disasters and the people who are dying around us are there to insight in us or to trigger in us 
the habit of repentance. Lord, if that was me, would I have been saved? Lord, if this was a passing of my friend, my neighbor, my co-worker, would it be well with my soul? Or do I take the position of saying that, thank God, I'm all good. Hence, neighbor X, co-worker Y, has suffered at the hand of whatever they are. And because of my good deeds, I'm here to live. Not at all. My brothers and sisters, you and I are here today just because of the loving mercies of God. It's not because we follow the eight laws of health that we have been brought over into 2022. It's not because we observe the Sabbath that we observe that we have been brought over into 2022. It's not because we eat a plant-based diet that we have been brought over into 22. It's because God in his love and mercy has decided to extend his grace to us and has brought us into 2022 so that we may show his grace. That's what he did. So Christ had gotten on to them and he said, listen, you think that? Now you're going to tell me about the group where the tower fell on them and they perished. I knew that too. But here it is. If you do not repent, you should likewise perish. See, Christ is teaching them a lesson of repentance. My brothers and sisters, you and I only stand a chance of having eternal life when we live a life of repentance. You're not hearing me today. You see, repentance puts me instead with God where my sins have no longer been on me, but they have been placed on the sin bearer, Jesus Christ. And once my sins are not on me and Christ have them, I stand a chance of if I passed away that it will be well with my soul. Repentance is very crucial in the plan of salvation. And what it is at times we do not embrace repentance. But my brothers and sisters, it is a gift. Embrace it. Because that's what brings you and me into relationship with Jesus Christ. That God can smile favorable upon us. Amen. Repentance. And Christ is teaching this to the Jews. Unless we repent, we shall likewise perish. So what did Christ do? He told them a parable. Told them a parable. Let's go to verse 6. He also told them a parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. So here it is, Christ is telling a parable. He wants to let them know exactly where he's standing. So he's going to add some mustard 
some lettuce, some sprout to the burger now. And he's going to tell them in a parable. A certain man planted a vineyard. And he, how he had a vineyard, and in that he planted a fig tree. And he came looking for fruit, and he finds none. Let me work my way backwards. Brother Jerry will tell you that when he plants his blueberry plants and his raspberry plant, when time passes, the expectation is that he's looking for fruit. Are you understanding that? So let me make the application now. You and I are plants in the vineyard of God. And he is expecting us to bear fruit. Are you with me? He's expecting us to bear fruit. We're not foliage. We're not good brush. We're not shrubs. He plants us as fruit trees and he's expecting what? So that's it. That's the application. Let's go to verse 7. I'm just working this so we come back to it and verse 8. No, verse 7. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold these three years. I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? So here it is. In the field of gardening, farming, there is a certain time when the tree is planted that it is expected to bear fruit. I've planted a few peach trees. Year one, we're not expecting anything because it's still growing. Year two, we're not expecting anything because it continues to grow. Year four, we begin to see, we should see something. When year five comes around, if nothing, then there becomes suspect. But when we're looking at year number seven and nothing is on it, we begin to question, is this a male tree or something else? So here it is. Christ came, and this was a parable directed at the Jews. For three years in his ministry, he had come expecting fruit, expecting fruit from the Jewish nation. And what he's saying to us, I found none. Year one, none. Year two, none. Year three, none. And he's saying that this is what? It needs to be cut down. Because it what? It is just taking up space. Taking up space. But it's just not that it is taking up space. The expectation of this is that God had provided for the Jewish nation not just planting it there, but he gave it water. He gave them water. He gave them all that they needed to have in order to produce, and they had no production. So you are now a waste. The Jewish nation had become a waste. Because they were no longer producing the quality. They were no longer being the people that God had called them to be. They were not producing fruits of righteousness. When you go over into 
Isaiah, Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 5, Isaiah described them as they're producing wild grapes. Nothing wholesome. Have you ever had wild grapes? Yes, Malcolm. Malcolm has had it. Sour. Useless. And this is what Isaiah was describing God's people as. And here Christ is saying that you have nothing. You are taking up precious soil. And you are producing nothing. You are being rendered useless. And the only thing that you're good for is to be cut down. Cut down. Let's go to verse 8. Look at what okay, verse 8 is telling us. And he answering said unto the Lord. This is a dresser answering to the Lord. Let it alone this year also. Let it alone this year also. Because what is going to happen? Till I shall dig about it and dung it. And verse 9, and if it bears fruit well, and if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. So here, the dresser is pleading for mercy for what? One more year. One more year. And I'm just not going to give it another year. I'm just going to make sure that I dig around it. I dung it. And if I, we do that and it does not produce, then you have the right to cut it down. So here it is. Christ was asking of the Jewish nation, was pleading with God for one more year. But listen to it. God had given Israel, from the time that this had been written, an extra 37 years. The dresser is Jesus. One more year. 37 years when in A.D. 70, the Jewish nation met their fate in the destruction of Jerusalem. But they lost their status in A.D. 34 when at, no, that was A.D. 31 when this was written. But when in A.D. 34 when they stoned Stephen, the Israelite nation, Lost it. My brothers and sisters, let's go back and see how this may relate to Rockville Tallinn Church today. Let's go back up to verse 6. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. So if we're going to read this. So a certain man has planted his church. God has planted his church in Rockville, Tallinn. You're going to tell me it's at 9 Hartford Turnpike. And he has planted fig trees in his vineyard, and he came and he's looking for fruit. And the question is, what fruit is he finding in the plants that he has planted in this church? Is he finding fruits? Can he find fruits of righteousness? 
Can he find the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. Can he find it in us? Can he find it in us? I don't know. Can he find it in me? So he sends his dresser. God wants to take it down. But Christ is pleading with us. He is saying, give them another year. So my brother, thank you. So my brothers and sisters, Christ has given us, you and me, year number 2022 for us to what? Bear fruit. Amen. This year also. Because you know what? The owner of the vineyard is coming back again and he will be looking for fruit. He'll be looking for fruit. So while Christ has, is there interceding on our behalf, and he has begged for us mercy for another year, my brothers and sisters, I'm suggesting to you today, as a matter of fact, it's more than a suggestion, I am pleading with you, do not squander year 2022. Let it be a year of fruit bearing in your life. Let it be a year of fruit bearing. Because this is what God is doing. On a daily basis, he's recording the choices that we're making. Recording them. And that will tell him, or will be his evidence, as to whether or not we're bearing fruit. See, the whole issue is, why hasn't God come back? See, he's looking for 144,000 that he can put out there and say, here is a group that has vindicated my character to the universe. Can't find it. He has been running at this since 1844. Can't find it. Can it be this year that he finds it? Can it be this year, my brothers and sisters, that he can find it in you? That he can find it in me? So that he can put an end to this sin-cursed world and go home. So here is it. This is what he's saying. I'm giving you another year. I am going to dig around you. And I'm going to dung you. So you're asking, how does the Lord do that? How does the Lord dig around you? Any ideas? I'll open up. How does the Lord dig around you? By the graces he gives us. All right? Calamities. Okay. Anybody else? I'll take one more. Orville. Thank you. So my brothers and sisters, the sermons you're going to hear this week, this year, God is digging around you. The Sabbath school lessons that you are going to be studying this week, God is digging around you. The things that you will listen to online, whether it's from Safe to Serve, Doug Bachelor, 
Walter Veith, wherever. God is digging around you. The prompting of the Holy Spirit you are hearing, God is digging around you. Therefore, do not spurn them as just good educational thing. No. God is digging around you because he wants you to produce fruits of righteousness. Don't squander it. When he digs around you, say like Jesus, I delight to do thy will, O God. Thy law is within my heart. So when you hear it, you're just saying that, God, thank you for digging around me. Give me the power and the strength to make this a part of me so that I can produce fruits of righteousness. Fruits of righteousness. Digging. Sometimes there's calamities, hardship. Instead of trying to run away from them or to avoid them, say, so Lord, give me grace. I know you're digging and donging me so that I may produce fruits of righteousness. Give me the grace. Give me the strength. So that I can bear this, that when I come out, I will be like good gold. This is what we're asking for. God has brought us into 2022 to show us his mercy. So that as he digs around us and as he dungs us, we may produce the fruits that he's looking for. So you're going to ask me what fruits is he looking for? Galatians 5 and verse 22 and 23. We know it. We know it. The fruit of the Spirit. Those gentleness. Brotherly kindness. He wants all of that. Because you see, all those pieces are elements of his character. And what he wants, he wants his character to be what? Reproduced in us because when it is fully reproduced in us what will he do he's gonna come he's gonna come Christ object lesson page 69 paragraph 2 he's gonna come he's gonna come Digging, dunging. This year also. This year also. This is the only parable of all the parables that Jesus has taught or told that is an open-ended parable. What makes it an open? What's the reason that is an open-ended parable? Oh, okay, that's all right. The result is left up to the individual. All the other parables are close-ended. Christ tells us what is going to happen. But this, the fruit bearing is left up to me, to us. God cannot bear fruit in me without. My willingness to have him bear fruit in me. Therefore, I determine the outcome of this parable by what I do. If I allow God to dig around me and to dung me, and I cooperate with him through the power of his Holy Spirit, and he produces his character in me, then when the Lord of the vineyard comes around and he looks for fruit, he will see what? Fruit in me 
and he will say, let it be. But if he comes and he finds no fruit, it's going to cut it down. It's going to cut it down. My brothers, my sisters, I don't know about you. I don't want to be cut down. Neither does the Lord of the vineyard want to cut down his tree. He's looking for fruit. He's looking for fruit. So can we do that? So the question is, how do we How do we bear fruit? Let me see if I can scroll through all of this now. I'm sorry I didn't give you all of this, but... So here is it. Another year now open its fear on written pages before you. The recording angel stands ready to write. Your course of action will determine what shall be traced by him. You may make your future life good or evil, and this will determine for you whether the year upon which you have just entered will be to you a happy new year, a happy new year, it is in your power to make it such for yourself and for those around you. How are we going to do that? By bearing fruit. So. All right. So here it is. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. So simple put, as we discussed okay, last night, what is left undone for 2021? Good memory. So here's what we need to do. We need to forget all of that. And now we have to begin to press forward to meet the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, which is perfection of Christian character. So that's what we're striving for. That's what we're going for. Let me see. Uh, let me skip all of that. So this is it. Practical godliness. How do we become Fruitful fig trees. Let's go to John 15 and verse 4. John 15 and verse 4. And even before we read John 15 and verse 4, let's go to John 15 and verse 8. What's John 15 and verse 8? Okay, so God is expecting us, Sister Tamika, to what? Bear fruit. So he's not looking for foliage. He's looking for fruit. So the question is, how do we become fruit-bearing members of God's vineyard? Let's go to verse 4. What does verse 4 say? Abide in me. And what? Okay, so if we're going to bear fruit, then we have to what? Abide in Christ. And Christ what? 
abides in us. That is how we are going to bear fruit. So the question you're asking, and thank you for asking, you have read my mind and I like it. How do you abide in Christ? How do you abide in Christ? Any ideas? Study the word of God. So God, you are going to abide in Christ. And that's what John 6 is telling us. So we are going to abide in Christ through his word. So how do we make that now? So when we study the word of God, and God's word tells us to do X, we are going to take X by the grace of God, and we are going to hide that into our hearts and make it And that's what we are going to do. So, if you're not having regular time for the study of God's word, guess what? You're not going to be abiding in him. Or bear fruit. Thank you. See? So you're not. So at the start of this year, if you don't have it, then you have to what? Reserve that time, carve it out, and make that your protected time. When you are going to spend that time studying the Word of God. I think it's in uh, uh, Messages to Young People, no, it's Gospel Workers, where it says, guard jealously your time of study Prayer and self-reflection. So when you study God's word, and God's word tells you what is it that you need to do, then you are going to pray that you're going to reflect. Lord, you're asking me to love unconditionally. Do I love unconditionally no I don't love unconditionally but you want me to love unconditionally so please help me to love unconditionally and that's what you're praying you're praying that unconditional you're doing that and when you're challenged with being loved and it's not unconditional. You're going, Lord, give me the strength and the power to love unconditionally. Doing that. Hide these words in my heart, so that my heart, so that I do not sin against you. This here. That's what it means to abide in Christ. Take those words. And it's hard word. Some of these words, because what it is, it gets at our little pieces that we like. But God's word is to create in us some feeling of uneasiness. So that we can move to the next level. So if God's word is not creating you some uneasiness, then you have to begin to check yourself. Because what did God say about his word? I come to make what? It's going to be a sword. It's going to create this, some discomfort in us. Because, that, because I don't want, it's not in my natural nature to do the will of God. Not in my natural nature. And that's what God's word is there to do it. And this is the reason that I'm praying, Lord, give me the heart and mind of yours. So that I can love the way you love. I can love righteousness and hate evil. Because that's what I want. And we are praying with that. Some of these times may call for prayer and fasting. 
Because you can only but overcome certain things by what? Pray and fasting. Prayer and fasting. So let me just share this and then we. So abiding in Christ means a constant receiving of his spirit. A life of unreserved surrender to his service. The channel of communication must be opened continually between man and his God. As the vine branch constantly draws the sap from the living vine, so are we to cling to Jesus and receive from him by faith the strength and perfection of his own character. Our brothers and sisters, that's not sporadic. That's not happenstance that's not, you know, every other day. We're talking constant. The vine branch, the time that the vine is not connected or the branch is not connected to the vine is a time that it begins to what? To die. So we have to be constantly be connected to it other way is that we have to be always be connected to Christ in order to produce the perfection of his own character. Constantly. That's it. All right. Abiding in Christ means a living, earnest, refreshing faith that works by love and purifies the soul. It means a constant receiving of the Spirit of Christ, a life of unreserved surrender. So here Ellen White repeat the same thing. So that whole issue of unreserved surrender. So we are constantly surrendering ourselves to God. And as we do that, we're abiding in Christ. And as we abide in Christ, we will bear fruit. Fruit of his what? His own perfect character. So here's what she says. Until the heart is surrendered unconditionally to God. Until. The human agent is not abiding in the true vine. So that, that, condition, that unconditional surrender is paramount to us what? Abiding in Christ. And as. You and Sister Joan, you have made the link. If we're not abiding, we can't what? Bear fruit. The human, uh, yeah. yeah. The human agent is not abiding in the true vine and cannot flourish in the vine and bear rich clusters of fruit. God will not make the slightest compromise with sin. So we have to get rid of sin. If we could have, if he could have done this, Christ need not have come to our world to suffer and die. No conversion is genuine which does not change both the character and the conduct of those who accept the truth. The truth that works by love and purifies the soul. This year also. This year also. So God, in his love and mercy, has extended to us another year. 
extended another year. He wants us to bear fruit. Fruits of righteousness, love, joy, to have the fruit of the Spirit. Peter picks it up another way and he talks about that ladder in 2 Peter chapter 1, where we are climbing faith, virtue, knowledge, climbing that. He wants us because at the end of it, we become perfected in his character. My brothers and sisters, how do you plan and use in 2022? If it's not about developing the character of Christ, you'll be wasting the grace of God. If, not, if it's not about abiding constantly in Christ, we will be wasting his digging and his donging. But we don't have to do that. The fact that God was merciful to us to bring us into 2022 let us be gracious to ourselves by cooperating with Christ to bear fruit. Do you want to bear fruit? I want to bear fruit. I don't want my 2022 to end. Shouldn't KC allows that? With me not bearing precious fruit because he's going to give me all the grace I need to be successful in my fruit bearing he's going to give me he's going to give me that but today it begins with a surrendered life it begins with surrendering. And do we want to surrender? Let us sing number 309. Who's going to play for us? Sister Susie, thank you. And I'm just going to prevail upon you. I'm just going to prevail upon you. I'm just going to turn this into prayer meeting style now. So we're going to sing and we're going to take some time to pray. And we're going to ask God, Lord, Give me a heart of surrender. Let me break those strongholds of me not willing to do your will so that you can bear fruit in me. All to Jesus I surrender. I just want to leave it on the altar today. All to Jesus.